Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on 970 WDAY. Email talk at WDAY.com, 701-293-9000, Or you can uh, tweet me at Rob Port. Good afternoon, Nateel. How are you? Doing good. Glad to have you back. Yeah. Well, we had a little snafu with the Internet yesterday. I, um, I, I broadcast, as, as a lot of people know, from home. Uh, I got a little studio set up, and it uh, my my basically I have a, a little soundboard that connects to the internet that my mic and everything hooks to, and so everything you're hearing when I talk is over voice over IP over the internet. And I guess my internet service provider was having a little problem, and uh, I dropped off. And the funny thing is, I sat at my desk like talking for like two or three minutes, and then realized I. I wasn't on air. I didn't have any internet. I couldn't see any messages from Unitil because... Because the internet was gone. I had no internet. I had nothing. Oh, goodness. So, yeah. That's, that's, and then I was like, what? what is, and then I'm afraid to stop talking because I'm not sure, am I on? I don't want to like stop if I'm broadcasting and be like, am I... Can anybody hear me? Thankfully, the snafus have worked out just in time for our Wednesday show because Wednesdays are a big day on your show, Rob. They are. Kevin, uh, Congressman Kevin Kramer is going to be on uh, coming up here at uh, 135. You know, on the Jay Thomas show recently, and this actually CNN picked this up, uh, a caller called in and asked Congressman Kramer if he would be willing to turn over his Internet history because of that controversial vote on Obama era rules, uh, which a lot of people misunderstand. I think a lot of people think that we allowed the Internet service providers to start doing something new. And no, actually, it's the the same rules that have always been in place are still in place. What happened is new rules that were proposed under the Obama administration weren't allowed to go into effect. They had been proposed. They were in the pipeline. Um, basically, Congress, Congress and President Trump headed it off. Think of that what you will. That obviously a lot of people think that's very controversial. Um I'm not so sure. I I mean, listen, I think there's a lot more we could be doing about Internet privacy. But if we're going to do it, I don't think we should be just targeting the ISPs. Let's do it for everybody. Let's do it for Facebook. Let's do it for Google. Let's do it for everybody on the Internet. Um, so there's that. Um, but anyway, I uh, Carver Kramer told this caller, oh, yeah, sure, I'll be happy to turn over my browser history. And I'm thinking, because you know me, Natil, I like, I like snooping around in this stuff. So I sent uh, I sent his office a request for his browser history, and uh, and they actually got back with me today. And their answer on that, he actually asked Midcontinent, which I guess is his internet service provider, to turn over that information. Midco decided, uh, or uh, Midco said they weren't going to turn it over because they don't keep that information. There's a full letter from them at sayanythingblog.com if you want to check it out. But uh, we'll talk with Congressman Kramer about that. So that's coming up at uh, 135. And, of course, you can call in, whatever you want to call them. It's open phones. It's for you. So if you've got comments or questions for the congressman, uh, you could certainly uh, do that. Call in 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. You know, the other big thing in the news, obviously, has been this United Airlines thing. Uh, and until you and I talked about it briefly, pretty awful, right? I mean, pretty ugly situation. And so I, I, I think I, I want to play devil's advocate on it here for a moment. Are you ready? Yes, I think I'm ready. Okay. So we all saw what happened. Basically, United Airlines, they needed some seats for their crew, I guess. They had to get crew somewhere. Louisville, I think. And 
so they wanted some of the paying passengers to get off the flight. Uh, and then the guy who ended up getting beat up, he wouldn't get off the flight. And so law enforcement officers came on the plane, and one of them basically forcibly removed him, apparently knocking him unconscious, bloodying his face. Ugly, ugly situation. But when it comes to United Airlines, because they're the ones who are getting beat up, right? They're the ones who are the tar- targets of all the memes and everything else. Let me ask you two questions. Or make two points, I guess. The first, it wasn't United Airlines staff that did the removing, right? I mean, at that point, they had a passenger who was refusing to move. They called in law enforcement. Law enforcement did the removing. And as a matter of fact, United Airlines has now come out and said they're not going to ask law enforcement to remove passengers anymore, which I'm not sure how that's going to work because sometimes I think probably law enforcement should get involved. If we have a passenger who's out of control, who's a danger to other passengers that I don't think that was the case in this instance, but in other instances, it's probably appropriate to have law enforcement involved. Um, so I'm not sure that that saying, you know, we're not, we're going to exclude law enforcement from this. I'm not sure that's the answer either, but I think there's a point to be made. United airlines isn't in charge of the cops. They called the cops in the cops did the removing. Why are we blaming United airlines for something that cop did? I think that's one point to keep in mind. The other point is what is a what is an airline supposed to do if a passenger refuses to leave the airplane? Now we can think whatever we want of United Airlines reasons for wanting these passengers, that passenger in specific, uh, specifically, to leave the plane. We can think it's stupid. We can think it's unfair. But at the end of the day, it's it's United Airlines flight, right? It's their plane. It's their flight. If they want to remove a passenger and that passenger refuses to move, is it calling law enforcement the the thing that they should do? I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm looking at those two points and I'm wondering, is it right that we're blaming United Airlines for this? You know, because I I had the same reaction everybody else did when I saw that video. The video was awful. Uh, The video was awful. It, it, It really was. But. And, and I, I think United Airlines' handling of it was, was not great, and their reasoning for wanting those passengers off the plane was not good. But is it fair to blame United Airlines? What do you think, Natil? You caught me with a cookie in my mouth. Uh-oh. Is what I think. No, but to be completely honest, down. to be completely honest with you, I understand that sometimes passengers need to be removed from planes. Right. Sometimes passengers get violent. Sometimes passengers are doing illegal things on planes right. and need to be removed. But I don't think that you can compare that situation to the situation that occurred here. This man was a paying customer of a flight, and what right. what his situation is exemplifying, I think, is that we need to we need to deal with the fact that it's legal for airlines to do this to paying customers. You wouldn't expect that to happen. In any other industry, even the hotel industry, which is right. notorious for overbooking, doesn't require someone who's already in a room leave that room. Right. Yeah, I, you know, I, 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 I think there's a valid point to be made there. But the point is, is currently it's legal. And we, you and I can think that United Airlines is very, very stupid to be trying to remove those passengers. But they asked. I mean, basically, if we take all that and set that aside for a moment, 
What we have is a passenger that United Airlines was asking to leave the plane, a passenger who refused to leave the plane. The United Airlines then calls law enforcement, and I think the law enforcement officer way, way overreacted and acted, frankly, reprehensibly. How was that United Airlines' fault? I mean, for, for that part of it, the way the tri- the passenger was manhandled, I don't think that's United Airlines' fault. There's plenty of blame to go around. Don't get me wrong. But I'm wondering if maybe this situation doesn't deserve more nuance than we're giving it. I'd love to hear from you. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Or call in 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. You all done with the cookies, Atil? There's still more cookies. You know, what are you, some sort of waiter? <laughs> the moment- well, I'm just saying, we got we got work to do, Atil. <laughs> My job is to run the board. Lunchtime's over. <laughs> your job is to host your show. No, all right. Eric set these delicious cookies down in front of me, and I have no self-control, so I just shoved just- one into my face, and then all of a sudden you were like, What's your opinion, Nateel? <laughs> Don't do that to me. <laughs> All right. It's Eric's fault, I think, is what we've concluded here. <laughs> All right. Uh, emailer says, uh, is it the playing United's property? Can't they kick off anyone? I th- That's part of the point I'm making, but but I want to I wanna read another comment I also got from a listener, too. Uh, Jess says, it's still wrong, and United should not be allowed to toss paying passengers off of a flight uh, for their employees who could have rented a car and got there before the flight did after all the delays caused by forcibly removing a paying customer from the plane. He didn't do anything wrong. He paid for the ticket. Uh, okay, so so the what I'm not doing is defending the fact that the guy was kicked off the plane. He paid. He boarded. I, I, I think the time to tell people that they can't, you know, you don't have enough room for them is before they get on the plane. So United Airlines handle that badly, and we can all think what we want to think of United. I guess what I'm saying is it's more than just United Airlines, right? Because, okay, United Airlines is in the wrong for kicking these passengers off. United Airlines is in the wrong for, I guess, the way they handled booking for this flight, and that's on them. But when they get to a point where you have a passenger who won't leave the plane, they call law enforcement. Law enforcement overreacts. I don't know that that part that ends up with the guy, you know, appears to be knocked out and bloodied, being drug up the aisle. That part, the very worst part of the whole thing, I don't think is United Airlines' fault. 701-293-9000, I'll get to Rick here in just a moment. I'm going to read this email. Uh, Mark emails, Rob, it is United's fault on how security handled that passenger. One of their employees could have stopped the manhandling on their plane anytime they wanted, but they chose to allow the situation to escalate and happen. United doesn't get a pass on this one. They deserve everything they are getting. Also, that plane wasn't overbooked. It was at max uh, capacity per admission from their CEO. And, and that's, listen, the United Airlines 100% blame for the booking situation that leads up to the point where they're kicking paid for, you know passengers who have paid off the plane. 100% blame for United Airlines. I'm just not sure, 
and we're talking about law enforcement personnel, as my understanding. Um, these are not people who work for United Airlines. At that point, I mean, who who's going to step in and start telling a cop how to do their job? I, you know, I, I I guess I guess what I'm saying is, if if we just blame United Airlines, I think we might be skipping over some blame that needs to go to the officers who boarded the plane. Uh, let's see, caller Rick, you're on. What's up? I just got to say that the two different issues of one of how it got handled doesn't being removed. But as far as the booking part, I, I'd love to have someone who's more privy to the airline industry yeah. call in and explain it. But I, I can just say I know for for fact that there's lots of a different classifications of tickets sitting in coach that, you know, some are non-refundable, some are refundable, you know, and, and then you pay different prices depending on the day. And and and, and then as far as the people that are potentially yeah. able to be um, bumped, I'm pretty sure they're oftentimes the lowest price ticket that gets bought, uh, and and I don't, but, I, but again, I don't know how that works. I, I do know that I think they get something that says you know no seat assigned, you'll get a gate gate assigned or something like that. Well, then you kind of know that potentially your number might be yeah. up. So and I don't, I don't know, know like like this that. guy. I don't I don't know what sort of ticket he had. I don't know if he was in that situation. Maybe you're right. Maybe there's a certain ticket where you get a lower price. Uh, you know, accepting that you might get bumped. You know, maybe I don't think they advertise it a whole lot that way, but I mean, I, I'm, I, I think that's maybe a, that's part that, of it. That, I, that, I don't know. Somebody should call and explain that. I know somebody else yeah. there would know that. Yeah, that's a really good point, Rick. Thanks for the call. I, that is, I and I don't, I don't know what the situation with that is. I don't know what the situation with the guy's ticket is. Um, I don't think he should have been beaten up and dragged off the plane. I think that much. You know, and if and if we take that out of the equation, then this isn't like a viral sensation story. Right. This is just an airline being a jerk, and and that's that's sort of dog bites man. Right. That's not exactly that's not exactly news. That the air the airlines treat their passengers like cattle. That's not news. And by the way, I've actually done this. I've actually been on a flight. Um, it was in December. I want to say uh, not this last December, but December before, right before Christmas. I actually, I actually took the buyout. Right, where they, I think they advertised like a five hundred dollar Amazon gift card, and I took it, and and then they ended up getting me on a flight like two hours later. So for two extra hours, sitting around in the airport, I got a five hundred dollar Amazon gift card. Bought all my Christmas gifts with it that year. It was awesome. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Let's see, Scott. Uh, this is on the other issue. This is on the ISP issue. Uh, Scott emails. Uh, usually I agree with you, but why do you think that the ISP providers should be able to sell my personal information? I believe my financial and medical information should not be for sale to the telemarketer who calls me from some third world country. What a great way for scammers to prey on the vulnerable. Please explain to me why this is such a great deal that the Republicans have made. Is this making America safe? At least we had an opt-out before. Scott, I, I think the thing you're misunderstanding, I, I think the thing a lot of people have been misled on that issue is that nothing changed. Congress didn't change anything. Congress voted to maintain the status quo. What they didn't allow to happen was an Obama-era rule to go into effect, which, by the way, would have only addressed Internet service providers, would not address the mountains of data that companies like Google, Facebook, and all sorts of a Twitter have built their business models on. Right? I mean, Facebook doesn't make money from you posting pictures of your cat. Facebook makes money from all the information that you voluntarily share with Facebook that they then turn around 
and mine for all sorts of different reasons. Same with Google. Google is is not a search engine company. They're not an email company. They're not an online video. They are an advertising company. And what Congress did is essentially maintain the status quo. Now, does the status quo need to be fixed? I think it does. I think there are things we need to look at. I am not okay with your data just being sold without your permission. But I, I, I think what we've done is we have turned this issue into something that it's not. And I, I think for partisan reasons, right? I, I, th- I think the Obama administration, if you look at the way that rule was written, it was a sop to, to, to the Obama administration's buddies at Google is what it was. It targeted the ISPs. It targeted the ISPs. But anyway, we got to go. We got to wrap it up. Uh, this is the Rob Report. We'll be right back after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Port here on the Rob Report, 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Hopefully I have Congressman uh, Kramer here in a moment. It's our uh, regular open phone segment. He should be calling in here shortly. Um, on the, uh, and we're going to ask him about the Internet history thing. And it's, it's amazing to me. It, it's a, lot of these, a lot of these policy issues, sometimes they go viral on the Internet. And what happens is, is people misunderstanding and the fundamental misunderstanding about what was going on with the internet privacy stuff is that congress didn't change anything president trump when he signed that legislation didn't change anything congress maintained the status quo now if you think the status quo should have changed and you think the obama rule that was nixed uh was the right change for it fine but let's not talk about this issue like there's some new permission that ISPs have to go out and do something that they couldn't do before. Nothing's changed along those lines. And we have Congressman Kramer now. Kevin, now welcome to the program. Hey, good to be with you. Thanks, Rob. We're talking, uh, we're talking about Internet privacy. I heard a certain sneaky blogger tried to get your uh, browsing history, but Midco says ah. uh, they don't keep that info. <laughs> so, I should have sent you the letter I sent to them because I sent a very specific letter. I'd Please send me all of my browsing history from both my personal um, email and my home my home email and my office email because they provide for both and of course i get this as you notice a very short specific letter from the lawyer saying we don't collect that kind of information which it didn't it didn't shock me because i've said all along i don't think internet service providers do this because it would just it would require high highly technical investments it also would require tons and tons of storage um, and and they don't have very much interesting information. But anyway, yeah, you, you saw the letter I sent you, the, the exact letter that they sent there. I guess my communications director didn't. Yeah, they, they just don't do it. It's not something that they do. They also, I, I was also amused, Rob, by the fact that they went to lengths, the lawyer did, to make sure I understood this was not a favor they were doing for me because I'm a, um, a political personality, but it's just something they don't do for anybody. So they, they, they made, even though they didn't provide me my um, browsing history, they did make my point about, how overblown this issue has become. 701-293-9000, Let's talk about what's going on out in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, White House spokesman Sean Spicer putting his foot in his mouth. Uh, Nancy Pelosi calling for him to resign over his oh, comments, God. saying uh, that, that not even Adolf Hitler 
used uh, used chemical weapons, and I guess he did. He he did. He we we all know he during did. the Holocaust, uh, right. chemical weapons were used, and uh, it was ugly. That history is well known. What do you make of this? Does Sean Spicer need well, to step down? Of course, he doesn't need to step down. And this is just this bizarre, once again, obsession that our national media has with somebody who works for it, Donald Trump, who, who made a foolish statement. And here's what I just told a CNN reporter. And I know this is dangerous, except that I just hate this treatment. That his technical point, if his technical point was he didn't use it out in the field of battle, that's technically true. It's still a dumb statement. But more important than how dumb the statement was, he apologized for it, and it should be over. And it would be with any other president, certainly if it was a Democratic president's spokesperson, except that with our media, including all three major networks, it's the lead story. Rob, big things are going on in the world. Sean Spicer making a mistake that he apologized for is not a major news story. And this is why the American public are tired of the media and why Nancy Pelosi has about as much respect you know, as a, as a, as a rock, it's, we are, we're dealing with serious issues and they're dealing with Sean Spicer's poor judgment. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Um, tell us, what are some of these great things going on in Washington, D.C. that Spicer's distracting from? Sure. So uh, let's name a couple. Let's just start with the fact that now, um, President Trump has signed into law at least 12 or 13 Congressional Review Act bills that the House and the Senate have both passed. And these are the rules that, these are those midnight rules that the Obama administration passed on their way out the door. And the savings to businesses and compliance costs of just the bills we passed and he's signed add up to $65 billion. That's why you're seeing a, a renewed optimism in the manufacturing sector. Um, I, I had a I had a manufacturing consultant that was on his way to Gwinter on the airplane with me the other day, and he said I, he was in 12 manufacturing facilities this week alone and said that in every case they're making um, investments and expansions because there's so much optimism. So things like the stream, uh, stream buffer rule that, um, that we overturned and he signed into law, an SEC disclosure uh, rule for, for the extraction of, of minerals and resources, uh, was it was one of those rules? Uh, federal contracts blacklist, blacklisting rule, which you know condemned people and put them on a blacklist, business on a blacklist for violating laws, even if they would, weren't proven to have violated them, and just on and on they go. Uh, th- this is why you're seeing this renewed interest in investment in manufacturing and energy. Why the war on coal has been declared over, and. Um, you know, then these guys want to detract from that and instead instead talk about Sean Spicer's, you know, poor judgment and poor use of words for which he apologized. And that I just now on the other hand, you know, who knows, knowing knowing how smart and clever um, Donald Trump is compared to our media, for all we know he might have set Sean Spicer up to become a distraction while he handles the world. I mean, you never know, but uh, I, I doubt that's the case. But you even even look at what's going on with with uh, North Korea. And uh, finally, we have a president that can be taken seriously by these rogue regimes. And uh, you have, of course, uh, a serious situation where a violation of international law occurred and where the, the Russians who were taking care of, supposedly had taken care of Assad's chemical weapons. Uh, we were supposed to trust the Russians on this. 
Um, some people actually did. Most of us were smart enough not to. Um, proved, of course, to be either complicit or, as Secretary of State Tillerson said, either complicit or inept. And uh, now, all of a sudden, our Secretary of State today met with none other than Vladimir Putin. And so we have a president who means business, says what he means, does what he says, and it's getting the world's attention. That, that, that's good news for our country. 701-293-9000, i got to ask about this. There's a National Journal report out there uh, basically suggesting that, that you're holding up all these Republicans in North Dakota who want to run into the U.S. Senate because you won't make a decision. And uh, their headline is, uh, why Heidi Heitkamp doesn't have a challenger yet? I guess I'm looking, and it's April of 2017. Uh, Heidi in, 20, in the 2012 cycle didn't make her decision until November 2011. Uh, but another issue out there, the Democrats are kind of saying, you know, oh, you know, hi, you know, they've really got their crosshairs on you for 2018. Oh, there's no question. They're running against me full bore. And, um, you know, that's fine. That's that's a distraction for them as far as me holding up other Republicans. It's up to other Republicans to say they're going to run for the Senate if that's what they want to do. Do I hold an advantage? Of course. Will I? No, I think we uh, we may have lost uh, the congressman there. Kevin, you there? Sounds like we may have uh, lost a uh, cell phone signal. I'm going to bring uh, the caller, Daryl, on the line. We'll get a question. Maybe we can get the congressman back. Go ahead, Daryl. What's up? Say, can I make a comment about Syria? Sure, go ahead. Uh, I just find it reprehensible that uh, the... Uh, you know, this Assad killed all these children over there, and all the Democrats can talk about is how Spicer compared him to, to Hitler, you know, which he shouldn't have done. But, it, I mean, give me a break. I mean, this guy killed children, and all they can talk about is what Spicer said. I I find that just a little bit, I don't know, it, it's yeah. just bad. It, it, it seems like poor priorities, and yet that's, I mean, that's what we do. I mean, it's, it's the, the, the press tends to, to like sparkly things. Uh, they tend to like easy things to talk about. And, you know, Spicer saying something kind of dumb about, you know, the Holocaust, uh, meaning, and I, I mean, listen, I, I think a lot of people are trying to, to lump him in with the Holocaust deniers or something. He said something kind of dumb uh, off the cuff and... You know, I mean, but but to say that that means he's anti-Semitic or he's a Holocaust denier or something, uh, you know, it's 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 not that. I mean, it's it's newsworthy in that the the White House spokesperson said something dumb, report that and move on. And you're right. There's a much larger issue in Syria. We have Congressman Kramer back. And that was uh, that was Daryl's comment. Uh, Congressman was that, you know, in in Syria, they they gassed these civilians uh, and they killed these children, and yet the press is focusing on Sean Spicer saying something kind of dumb about the Holocaust. Well, and I think that's because Donald Trump has proven to be a real leader who's not going to let Syria cross a, a line in the sand that he that, um, that Barack Obama draws and allows the crossing of. And so, you know, now that he's enjoying some good news and, and uh, accolades from across the, the globe, they distract by going after Sean Spicer for a dumb statement that he apologized for. And I just... But I think the gig's up on their national media. <laughs> if they think they're somehow going to win the marketplace by this stupidity, all they're going to do is fall further behind. Um, so I wouldn't. Well, I well ratings are going up. I mean, I, I think I, I think people are entertained. I mean, ratings are going yeah. up. Newspaper subscriptions have gone up. I mean, it, it seems like people are are 
titillated uh, by this stuff, but I'm I'm not sure that it's going to have maybe the political effect that some are expecting. Right. Last caller, yeah, Mike, you're on yeah. with the congressman. What's up? Yes, thanks for taking my call. And, and I'm calling as an independent. I've voted both Republican and Democrat. And I'll just make a statement and then listen. But I can tell you pretty confidently that if the shoe were on the other foot, and this would have been a Democrat making the same stupid comment, we'd be hearing the same thing from the Republican side. Thank you. Well, you, who you wouldn't be hearing from is the national media. They would give a wink and nod, a pass, probably not even a mention, much less have it be their lead story hour after hour after hour. And, yeah, you I, might hear some I, Republicans, I, but I don't even know that they I, would scream that yeah. loudly. I do think it's fair. I mean, I remember when everybody remember Obama said something about fifty-seven states, right? Like he he was on the yeah. campaign trail somewhere, and he said he said in all fifty-seven states. Obviously, I think we all know that President Obama knew how many states in the United States there were. He misspoke, but I mean, he talked about it ad nauseum, and both sides of the political aisle do that, and it's it's frustrating because there are more important issues generally to talk about. Kevin, thanks right. so much for your time. Appreciate it. Um, my pleasure. Thanks, Rob. That's Congressman Kevin Kramer on here on The Rob Report every Wednesday for an open phone segment. We'll wrap the show up right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Report here on 970 WPAY. 701-293-9000 701-293-9000 if you want to join in. Last few, uh, last moments of the program, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. If you call in, you'll get in right here at the end of the show. Uh, Jay Thomas show coming up next. I think I'll be hanging around a little bit for the first part of his show, so uh, stay tuned for that as well. Emailer says, Congressman Kramer is absolutely right. The media and their ridiculous witch hunt mentality has gotten way out of hand. Leave Spicer alone. He apologized. I mean, listen, Spicer's job is to interact with the media, right? That's that's his whole job. He is the press secretary for the White House. Uh, he said something dumb and, uh, you know, move on. And I got sick of it during the Obama years, too, right? Some of the stuff that just, just you know, the 57 state, state stuff. I mean, politicians live in the limelight. We all say goofy stuff, right? We all say stuff we don't really mean. We all say stuff. That comes out wrong, uh, stuff we clearly know, uh, you know, we, we make typos or whatever, and I, and, and I get it. It's, it's easy stuff. If you don't like somebody, if you hate the Trump administration, then, you know, it's, it's easy pickings. It's low-hanging fruit. But we've, we have jumped from that. I mean, Nancy Pelosi called on Spicer to resign. Called him to resign over that. Now, listen, the, the Holocaust is a, is a fraught topic, right? I mean, it is a horrifying part of our history. And as such, somebody talking erroneously about it is is kind of a big deal. And it was news, and it deserved to be reported. But it clearly had no malicious intent, right? I don't think anybody out there honestly believes. I, 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 maybe the people who think that the you know, are, are droning on and on about the alt-right and how Trump is a white supremacist and everything else. I guess maybe they believe it. But, come on. By the way, I think I had said earlier uh, in the week, uh, talking uh, shifty gears here, 
tomorrow, I think I was, I was, I, I thought we were going to have on University of North Dakota President Mark Kennedy. Um, I had, I had, you know, obviously been writing about the cost of athletics to some of the the schools. He had responded to me to the Grand Forks Herald. I wanted to have him on to talk about it. I guess it's not going to work this week, so we're going to move that to next week. So hopefully we'll have the discussion because I think it's an important one to have. Um, I could certainly understand some of his points, but I don't necessarily agree with him. Caller, David, you're on. What's up? Yeah, see, where where do you where would you step across the aisle? What are some of the opinions where uh, you're willing to that you think things should be moved? So you're willing to to give a little. What do you, like like some areas that I would agree with Democrats. Or be, or be willing to step across if uh, if they didn't go crazy with it. I, well, I think there's lots of things I support. I'm generally I'm, I'm socially liberal, um, so I think I think for instance I think birth control should be sold over the counter. Uh, I am I'm, I'm pro life, I guess, but uh, I am for I I've been, for a long time been for gay marriage. Uh, obviously, that's the law of the land. Um, you know, I, so I, I think there's, I think there's areas like that. Uh, you know, there's certainly areas that I'm not afraid to support Democrats on. What, what does it for me though, is that I generally believe in a small state. I think that we sometimes overstate the government's abilities to solve problems. And I think we sort of get into a spiral where we look at a problem and we assume there's some sort of a government problem. And then we just go round and round with each flavor of politician proposing their own, fixed to the problem and where we end up with is well a mess you know because we have all these side effects it's sort of like that i I think of it always like you get into a situation like that with with prescription drugs right where you have some sort of a problem and you get prescribed a drug and then that drug has side effects so then you get prescribed more drugs for the side effects and then those drugs have side effects that's how i think we get sometimes with government um, and, and the Republicans are supposed to be not like that, right? They're supposed to be skeptical of government, but a lot of times they're not. So when would I cross the aisle? I, listen, I am for anybody who's going to try to generally leave it up to individuals to decide. If I could put it in a nutshell. Jay Thomas show coming up next. Remember, you can always catch me right here on WDAY, 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.